Birthday this weekend. I think that uh, there's one thing I asked the lads today was to get me a result because I'm going out with my friends tonight up in the northwest. I haven't seen for a while, like you know. But uh, I think that um, the quality of the players in the end shone through, and I think that uh, the quality of the first two goals was the difference between both the sides today. We were dominant first half, very good performance, created enough chances to certainly be in the lead. Um, Goals change games, they don't just change the scoreline, you understand, they change the whole feel of a game and, uh, you know, we go in, up, uh, which I thought we should have done with the current uh, chances we created, and then the whole feeling's different, we came out second half, I just didn't get going for 20 minutes, and as we know in the Premier League, can't afford to do it. Hello and welcome to Knees Up Mother Brown, West Ham Podcast Series 3, Episode 8, in the studio with us this week, having a back after the back of a back-to-back -back win Smooth. with Burnley. Backstreet Boys, back-to-back. -back. <laughs> yep, That's the that. reference. I get that. In the studio, we've got West Ham media officer Rob Pritchard. Good evening. He's on the payroll. We've got <laughs> a real West not Ham... Not our payroll. Not our payroll. A real, real West Ham employee here with us in the studio. Rob, it's a pleasure to have you here. A pleasure to be here. We're going to find out. Anyway. We're going to find out all, all things West Ham media coming up. And also, speaking of media, oh, we've got a massive player in the <laughs> British media scene. Media. <laughs> James Longman's back. Good to be here. How you feeling? Yeah, good actually. Well, it's been a big weekend, so <laughs> touch and go. But so far, so good. Um, so, on this show, we'll be dealing with some feedback. We've got uh, the return of a, a really much-loved feature now, <laughs> in a second. Uh, but we'll also talk about the Burnley win, winning away. Uh, we'll, and then uh, we're going to talk about Rob's job and his role at West Ham, which is going to be exciting to find out. Sure. Um, and then we'll also drop in some other West Ham news. My eager, having a torrid time at Mets, by all accounts. Uh, some big big Sam quotes and some new Winston Reid news. Uh, and then we'll finish on predictions. We've got City up next and lunchtime kickoff on a easy, Saturday. Easy. Easy. City superstars. Back it up to City the superstars. <laughs> I just want to point out that was nothing to do with me. <laughs> Good to hear. The you. backlash. <laughs> we're in a no-blame no culture, so I don't divulge. One team, one dream. Indeed. Yeah, we're not, not going to yeah, portion any blame in this episode. Indeed. But... Let's start with some feedback. So last last week we got a tweet from a character called Mr. London who said that he had he knew someone who went on a date with Paolo Di Canio and had some stories. Where he said, Mr. London, get back into email the show with a little more detail. And he has. He said, I'm not sure about it being a show's worth, but this particular story made me laugh. It was a girl I worked with for a few years in her younger days. She lived with a string fellow stripper. Intrigued, still interested. Am I building this up a little too much? Mr. London. So he's kind of teased us there. To get more information out of him, like to I don't know, contact him and so James, your call. Do we get him? Do we get him on for more information? Mr. London, it's, uh, who knows? Oh yeah, so he said Mr. London is not his real name. It's a nom de guerre given to him by a former BDSM madam. My life must sound interesting. He adds BDSM. Yeah, bondage is that bondage? I don't know. Like you don't know what it is. No, I don't know. <laughs> it's S and M, right? Yeah, I think so. Bondage, dominatrix, S&M. Yeah. Well, just tell us what that means for us, <laughs> Mr. London. BDSM, Rob? <laughs> Any ideas? I mean, this is... <laughs> well, I've lost words for the first time ever, I think. <laughs> All right, we'll move on then. Uh, Darren Williams got in touch on Twitter. He said, just when he thought the season couldn't get any better... Sacco and Valencia turn up modelling some clothing for the, the Christmas catalogue, it looks. The dressing gown. Uh, that dressing gown has, uh, has really caused some, some entertainment over the years. I, mean, I remember 
Colton Cole and Rav Morrison last year. Yeah. They, uh, yes. they were looking good. So obviously the onesies as well. Yep. Yeah. We do produce some fantastic nightwear, I should say. And if anyone wants to buy any, um, <laughs> officialwesthamstore.com. What we loved most last year was Ravel Morrison looked like a competition winner in mm. a Santa hat. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and the onesie was a talk of the podcast for about I know, for three months. Some in fact, time. we're still talking about it. Yeah. I do so, believe the onesie's back. Is it back in, in, in stock? A in a different style, I think, this year. Oh, really? So, uh, Oh, wow. Get in, get in early because I think they sold out before the Christmas rush. <laughs> That's right, they did. Um, I remember getting the email that they were back in stock. And yeah, I mean, that, is, that was in day. January, wasn't it? Because that was in that January because we were having a torrid run mm. and we got the news that the ones is back in stock. Well, that, if anything's going to cheer you up after <laughs> a 6 0 defeat in a, in a semi final, it's, it's that news, isn't it? Christmas yeah. came early, January early. Um, and Sacco in his dressing gown. Yeah, looking, mm. looking how, good. How do you, do you have to be persuaded to do that? Some players do, some players really. They can't resist it. Um, last year we had, obviously, as I mentioned, the onesies were, were out. We did some Christmas filming and quite often if you leave stuff lying around, yeah. um, they'll pick it up and put it on. There's <laughs> a trick of the trade. But um, <laughs> last year the onesies and the pyjamas and the, I think there was a, a claret puffer jacket that was yeah. rather fetching as well. Um, yeah, we hung them all on a miniature gold and, and did some question and answer stuff with them and... Didn't have to ask one of them to put it on. Really? Yeah. Just, I mean, that's the state of merchandise these days. It's just so flying off the shelf. Well, this is it. I mean, Sacco clearly he's come from France and yeah. he's, has been intrigued by what he's, he's seen in store. And, um, <laughs> Noel. and he tried on absolutely everything. Le Noel Christmas, <laughs> Christmas dressing gown. What my main concern, Rob, is that uh, after Morrison uh, modelled it, and after Rat, yeah, Rat, Rat and Rat, is it the ones? Is it the, is it the curse? Death? Is it the merchandise kiss of death? One would hope not. One would hope not. I mean, Sacco <laughs> didn't have a onesie on. If I if no, I he didn't. He had the dressing so gown. Dressing gown. The curse. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, look, I don't think there's any correlation between. The <laughs> we can rule that out now. I, I can categorically rule <laughs> that. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Good. <laughs> Another exclusive for these <laughs> one of the podcast. Um, it didn't harm Adrian, I should point out. He put the onesie on this time last year. Oh, did he? And got his uh, first team breakthrough pretty much straight oh, afterwards. So. That well, yeah. yeah, you know. So it's not a curse. It's yeah, not a curse. yeah, the mystic onesie. Um, Tyrell Firm got on, got on touch, got in touch on Twitter. He said, uh, among the things I learned today, Davos Suka is the president of the Croatian FA. Future KMB interviewee. Oh, that'd be good, wouldn't it? Does Davos, have you ever seen Devil Seeker around, Rob? Does he... uh, what, around yeah. where I live? Up to Green, Upton Park. Green Street. Um, no, we did, we've had Stimach, yeah. and obviously Bilic right. has been there, but yeah. I haven't seen Suka. Right. Um, unfortunately. Yes. Because he was a hell of a player. Yeah, he was. For other clubs. Yeah, but, I know, it's yeah. such a shame. I always remember he had quite a long face. Yeah. I think he's a long face. Chin, like a tapered yeah, chin. Yeah, a pointed chin. Yeah. Um, now... <laughs> That's all I've got to add to that. <laughs> Thanks very much. <laughs> uh, another riveting pod feedback <laughs> section in the bag. Um, but now we move on to the feature, which uh, has been lighting up the forums and lighting up Twitter, lighting up the, the K&B inbox. It's time for... If you have seen Christian Daly, hey. Oh, I saw Christian Daly, so I did. Yes, it's the feature called I Saw Christian Daly. Dan Bryant got in touch. That's so rubbish. Was compelled to email in. Now this has been established as a serious segment. Yeah, it is serious. So I used to go to Sporting Romford during the summer of 2006-2007. <laughs> 
What a summer. What a, a sporter. <laughs> specifically, <laughs> the glory is. Specifically, it was post the FA Cup final season. Christian Daly used to go on every Friday and take the Tydro class like an absolute pro. Looked like, <laughs> looked like the only bloke in there, which sounds about right. All summer long he was in there with the, with the lasses, giving it his all. <laughs> Explains why so many well, people have seen him in Romford Sainsbury's. This does happen to be the same summer we signed Tevez and Mascherano. And I was in a sporter watching Sky Sports News when it happened. I nearly fell off the treadmill as a result. We'll never forget the moment West Ham signed two of the best players in the world, even if the season that followed was an absolute nightmare. The weird thing was, I saw Kieran Dyer down there that same season in a sport or two, but this was the full season before he signed for us. He was rehabbing in Romford while playing for Newcastle, a good 18 plus months before he ever signed for us. It's not so that weird. There's a sighting of Christian Daly <laughs> and a bonus sighting there of Kieran Dyer. Essentially, that guy's crowbarred two. Two spectacular sightings. Two spectacular dull sightings <laughs> into the Christian Daly but, uh, current diet. I mean, we have to remind you, Dan Bryan, we're only interested in Christian Daly sightings. Yeah. Uh, as much as it is nice to And his to, experience about Tevez Mascherano. Come on, mate. It's not about you, it's about Christian Daly. Correct. Selfish. So back on point, Colin Wilkins got in touch, didn't he? Hi, guys. Uh, listen to this week's show and your new feature... I had to get in touch to let you know over the time I saw the great man himself. It was the night after the famous 2-0 victory over Ipswich Town at Upton Park when Daly himself scored the winning goal, controlling the ball with his balls, as I recall. I've been to Lion King with a friend, which in itself was an ordeal, having arrived late and then finding our tickets were for the previous night. I was sat on the central line heading home when Christian Daly got on our carriage and was absolutely steaming drunk. He was stood up and hanging on the overhead railings in the same way that I do in a cinema state to make sure I don't fall asleep and miss my stop. I was desperate to shake him by the hand and thank him for putting us in the final, but was scared that, in the state that he was in, he'd tell me to fuck off and leave him alone. Looking back, I wish I had said something, but if he had told me to do one, it wouldn't have, it wouldn't have tarnished his reputation with me. So in that respect, uh, I'm glad I didn't. Cheers, boys. Colin. Uh, so that's a, another sighting with Drunk Daily there. Robin. So I, just, I was a bit confused yeah. by that. So the guy was at the Lion King on the night of the playoff semi-final. That sounds like, yeah... What a fan. <laughs> right, like, yeah. Okay. No, the main thing is... Oh, no, there, it was the night after. Oh, the it night was the after. night after. Oh, apologies. <laughs> so, apologies. Apologies, Colin. The main <laughs> issue is he was at the Lion King. <laughs> well, did we, he actually, well, get, he didn't actually said, get in, did no, he? No, no. He was at the Lion King with a mate. With a mate? What kind of oh, mate oh. do you take to like, get, take a date to a Lion King? Don't take a mate... But he was rewarded, though, Yeah, he was he rewarded with the sighting of, of a, a drunk Christian Daly. Mm. One more. Hakuna Matata, big guy. <laughs> we have one final <laughs> sighting this week of Christian Daly. Neil Fairchild, who uh, used to run uh, on Neil West on, West Ham. on West Ham. He's, he's missed. He's missed. Uh, he's been in the show a couple of times. He tweeted to say, <laughs> A couple of years ago, I saw Christian Daly walking down Brentwood High Street. Let me know if you need anything else. Well, another, another great sighting, that, uh, sighting there of Christian well, Daly. That's more to the point. You know, not yeah. a long-winded story around about a Lion King or being in Sainsbury's <laughs> and a sporter and stuff. To the point. That's why we like Fairchild. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> Good lad. If you have seen Christian Daly and you want to feature in the section of the show called I Have Seen Christian Daly. Well, you're missing something because Rob, Rob oh, has a little on. tidbit for us. Go on, Rob. I can probably trump all of those. <laughs> oh, hang on. Hang on. Um, now, Christian Daly has for, I don't know if he still does because I haven't, my, my memory is not a recent one. But, um... The village I live in Essex, Ingotstone, um, every year they shut the high street for what is known as the Victorian Christmas evening, right. which is uh, probably the biggest event 
in the annual calendar in Ingatstone. Um, up there with when my pub team won the Darts League earlier this year. Um, but Christian Daly, out and about, obviously not scared of the people. Yeah. Thousands milling around, yeah. including those dressed as Charles Dickens, etc. Yeah. And, and there he was. <laughs> Walking through the fake snow past a chip shop, <laughs> uh, boulders brass. Really? And, I can imagine uh, he had a Dickensian skip in his step. You know, did he have a tall uh, stovepipe hat? It would have been probably a struggle to fit it over his curly <laughs> locks. But no, he was there um, playing his full part in village life. So <laughs> like, well, good lad. Yeah. Who can say we're not cultural on this show? We spoke about the Lion King, <laughs> the the Lion King. Dickens, we Dick- got a lot. Yeah. Like Christian Day is, 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 is a man of the people, isn't he? I think, if anything, this just shows, all these stories show that Christian Daly is a man of the people. You know, he doesn't have an entourage. A lot of these sightings, he doesn't have an entourage. He's just milling about like a normal bloke. Like, at the village fair, on the tube drunk. You know what I mean? In a sporter, he could have gone to Reebok and Canary Wharf like so many other, you know, celebs and in inverted commas. He's just a normal bloke, isn't he? He just acts like a normal bloke. Just one of us. And they, I think these sightings of him just make me love him a little bit more, if that was even possible. So if you've seen Christian Daly, get in touch with the show, podcast at kmb.com and tell us where we've seen where you can tweet us. Uh, just, just you know, I think you should share the love, and we need we need more sightings. Maybe we'll eventually we'll put we'll record these, put them on a map, and don't wrap it up in bullshit <laughs> stories about your own personal life. We just want facts <laughs> to the point. <laughs> if you have seen Christian Daly, hey, oh, I saw Christian Daly, so I did. All right, let's talk about the Burnley game now. Back-to-back wins for the first time uh, since March. Um, Rob, in your capacity as West Ham media officer, mm. were you at the game? Was I? Yeah. I should. Uh, I could lie here. <laughs> I missed my first game since uh, Boxing Day. Right. On Saturday. Yeah. But I have, uh, as all good media officers yeah. done, to prepare for a podcast that happen only <laughs> after that game that I've missed, watch the game. Yeah. So. Um, How are you feeling about it? Fantastic. Yeah. It's brilliant to obviously every other away game that I've been to, mm. to travel now with expectation that we're going to... It's a bit like the championship season again. Mm. We're, we're going away from home and um, we're not afraid. It's brilliant. Yeah, You know, we should have won or arguably drawn at least at Old Trafford. Um, Hull, we could have easily won, hit the bar in the last minute. And, um, you know, we've gone to Burnley and won. Um, I think we've got more points on the road already this season than we have at home. Mm. So... Um, yeah, it's good. Still going well. It is. It yeah. is. You happy, James? Over the moon. Yeah. Fourth. I know. Champions League and having a laugh, eh? Yeah, it's glorious. Glorious times. You can just see the confidence in all the players, yeah. actually. And it's it's like when we attack, and we've said this before, like against Liverpool, we always look like we might score. Mm. Yeah. And when was the last time you felt that? Yeah, of a dangerous, a, you know, a really dangerous attacking force as a unit. Yeah. I mean, both two goals came from. Left and right back, didn't they? Yeah. They were Amazing. all headers, were they? Three headers as well. Yeah, but like from so Jenkinson and Cresswell up the wings and down in, you know, outstanding. Yeah. I'm over the moon. Um, I feel good. And Sacco, six in six games. But my favourite thing about that was uh, his celebration with the cross thigh. And he meant it too, yeah. didn't he? You know, it wasn't just a limp wrist. Yeah, he loved it. Crossed hammers. That like, was a proper... That was, yeah, like fired up, wasn't yeah. he? Good. But they all love it. Love I it. mean, why, one of my... Th- 
sticking points about Nolan, why I think he's such a good captain, is that team spirit. And see, you know, there was a couple of seasons back when we were scoring, and he he brought all the players together, yeah. and they all celebrated together. And you can see that now, like down, when one of our goals went in, Downing jumped about ten foot in the I air, know. like celebrating. So, it's I a know. proper team spirit. And like mm. Carlton Cole, yeah. when he scored, grabbing Valencia, and you know they, yeah. they properly love it. Yeah, and they seem excited to play for us again, and the fans are excited to watch it. Yeah, no, you're right. It looks like a good, um, good team atmosphere. I mean, Robert, do you think? Would you think like? Do you think the atmosphere is really good around the squad at the so, moment? I mean, since, like it? you know, this is, and I'm, obviously I, I have to toe the party line to an yeah. extent, but I will say that since Sam came in, since the very day started, mm. the whole atmosphere in the place has never been allowed to dip. Yeah, now even obviously it, it can be a bit flat after after a defeat, but mm. it's a lot. The, the base level is a lot higher than it's ever been. You know, there's never a, a time when you're around there and and you feel that it's going to be allowed to fester. Yeah. You know, even if even in the dark days, perhaps in the middle of last season, and and now, you know, you you know, you can literally see people high fiving each other around the training ground. You know, yeah. it's a great place to be. And great. Uh, you know, fingers crossed. It. You know, I went on Saturday, and um, you know, yeah. we, we can really start to to dream what we can achieve this year because <laughs> I, I think expectations levels obviously it's dangerous to, to get carried away but I think uh, you know maybe we're not looking up rather than down just yet but you know I think everybody's feeling that we can achieve something pretty special this year yeah who's when you're around the training ground who's the who's the John Moncur of this team who's the guy getting his old boy out and running around <laughs> Running around the pitch. I've not seen old boys. There's a few that aren't. <laughs> there's a few that aren't afraid. Actually, I could tell you a funny story about that, um, but it's probably not for public consumption. Um, there's a few that don't mind walking around in just a pair of sloggies. You know, they're more yeah. confident among them. Um, <laughs> but who's? I mean, who's the joker in that pack? I don't. I mean, I don't think you probably need to ask. Mark Noble's uh, really the banter king um, <laughs> around the training ground. I mean, he's anyone who saw the crossbar challenge from last year. He's uh, He's got some really good good banter about him. He's a he's a top guy as well. So, yeah. you know, it's it's all funny rather than nasty. And, yeah. yeah, yeah. No, he's he's the, he's the he's the main, uh, I suppose, Moncur Moncur-esque of the modern day. But I think the days of you know players running out and diving in the mud with nothing on, possibly are gone. I'm not sure. <laughs> it's mad. Isn't I'll, it? I'll challenge one of them to put to you know to prove me wrong. <laughs> it's funny when you talk about like when we had Ian Bishop on him. He talked about like a pre-season tour to Germany, and it was Ludwig McClosko's like first. Was this something like Ludwig McClosko's first ever like it, it joined the team? Didn't speak a word of yep, English. Just met pre-season tour. It's all about getting fit. And he said to him and Ludwig McClosko just sat in a bar getting absolutely hammered. Yeah, and Ludo like, didn't speak any English. Didn't speak any, there's two of them just the sat there like, of getting smashed. smashed in these days of like 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 really precise diets and like high fitness and which obviously Sam is a proponent mm. of you wonder whether that might erode the team spirit and you know because you, their behaviour is so locked down but no well no not not noticeably yeah. um, you know I've been away on pre-season with the squad a few times and obviously that is a time of year when they're you know they are getting fit so yeah. to speak and yeah it is very disciplined mm. um, you know literally a game of FIFA on the PlayStation and uh, you know DVD is mm. is as rock and roll as it gets for yeah. uh, for the lads. I mean, they they do have to. Otherwise, mm. you know, you pay the price because yeah. you know you know every other yeah. club is doing is doing yeah, exactly yeah, the same. Yeah. You can't afford not to be fit. And yeah. uh, you know, from spending you know time in New Zealand with the guys in France, in Austria, Switzerland, previous summers, yeah. you know, it's literally they're they're locked away <laughs> in a hotel in the middle of nowhere. Mm. Um, you know, and and there's no chance for them to to really let their <laughs> yeah. hair down. Um, but no, it's, you know, it's, it, I think these guys. I think 
I think people, I know it's a bit of a cliche, but I think people don't realise the sacrifices they have to make. Mm. You know, as much as it's, nobody's going to cry, really, I suppose, that a footballer has to miss his mate's wedding or, yeah. you know, like for me, <laughs> I missed a game on Saturday and, you know, I was lucky enough to do that. But, a play, you know, a player and even a backroom staff member, they can't, yeah, they can't take a day out. off. Yeah. Um, and although it's, you know, obviously they are compensated for it, mm. um, you know, it is nine months, ten months mm. of hard work. You know, they might have one glass of one or two glasses of wine on Saturday night, mm. which is it's okay, obviously. But you know, they can't go out and celebrate like like I can. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, well, let's talk about yourself, yourself, Rob. Because obviously, you're West Ham media officer. So, I mean, what does that entail as a job? As a job, um, well, I joined the club as the program editor. Yeah. Um, I used to work for the wonderful Basil and Echo newspaper down in Essex. <laughs> the big one. The big Basil and Echo, <laughs> um, and the guy who covered West Ham left. And right. I said, oh, I'd quite like to do that. Yeah. And um, uh, I joined the club. I think you had Greg Dimitri on, yeah. on one of your previous podcasts. And yep. I started working under him, top man that he is. And yeah, um, he's, he's obviously gone off to the FA um, for the pension and um, <laughs> free, free tickets. <laughs> to, to Trev. Yeah. <laughs> yes, indeed. Um, but no, yeah, I joined in December 2008 as a program editor before the days of Twitter. Yeah. Facebook was in its, in its sort of infancy. And... Um, you know, as you've probably seen, our website's still the same as it was <laughs> then, but that will be changed very shortly. Um, so, yeah, I, I edit the programme, like pre- and post-match interviews, obviously my voice, if anyone mm. watches uh, the sort of post-match interviews with Sam and a lot of the players and what have you, um, do those. So, yeah, I mean, it's a case of dreaming up ideas, trying to get engaging content across all <clears> our <throat> platforms, but the job's really expanded a lot because mm. social media and online has really completely overtaken. Um, yeah sort of print and um, program and what have you. But we do still sell a good number, I yeah. should point out. Thank you, fans. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, is, it a challenge, is the challenge now for you to kind of get West Ham as a kind of brand all over the world and, like, maximise yeah. all those different, like... Yeah, yeah. essentially. Yeah. And anyway, who's doing it well at the moment? I know, like, Man City have, like, the the tunnel cam and that. Mm. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a question of... Of um, you know, Man City obviously have got mm, a great resource, yeah. and teams like Liverpool, Chelsea, have and Arsenal have had their own TV channels uh, mm. previously. It's a, it's a model that I'm not sure, you know, is is, is probably one that's working in the long term mm. on television, but clearly on online, it's it's worked for a lot of clubs. And um, you know, we do try and and get as much. I mean, obviously, when you're losing, it's it's not so easy. Uh, mm. Last year, you know, you don't really want to show players messing yeah. about and having a laugh yeah. because yep. you know we do appreciate sorry we speaking as the club yeah you know you appreciate that people do spend a heck of a lot of money and invest a hell of a lot of time and mm. if, if you haven't done well then the last thing they want to do is see players messing about yep. I and mean, obviously you, you do want to try and entertain because that's what it is mm. it's a sport and it's <coughs> entertainment but um hopefully this year we can have a bit more fun yeah um because clearly the lads are having fun it's on the, the pitch as well there, yeah. yeah um sacco in a in a dressing gown, hopefully it's just a tip of, tip of the iceberg. We can only dream. <laughs> indeed, indeed. I don't know what we can try next, maybe a nighty or something. Allardyce and uh, <laughs> yeah. those sloggies, West Ham sloggies. Yeah, I've not seen that. I've not seen that. Swimming trunks, I think, is as far as it's gone. But, um, to be fair to Sam, he's brilliant. He, yeah. he could not be more accommodating mm. as, a, as a manager. The first day he, he joined the club, he got us all in had a chat with us as a media team about what we expected of, mm. of them and he expected of us and yeah I mean obviously he he's a real professional he's, he's been mm. doing it for years and years and years and you know I, 
interviewing for his column in the program every every other week and um yeah he's brilliant he's mm. brilliant he's uh i know he says it in public he he sort of trusts people to get on with their jobs and if they're not doing it well he tells you so yeah you know thankfully most of the time he's just taking the mick out of my clothing rather than, <laughs> rather than my work so that's i take that as a sort of badge of honor i suppose <laughs> so he's never had to have like a crossword with you or um i mean sometimes he tells me that my interviews are crap after <laughs> after they've been done um and a couple of times he's sort of give me a cuff around the back of the head as if to say you know but your ideas up, son. Don't ask me that. Sort of. But yeah. you know, you know, I work for the club as well. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, so you're on the same team. Exactly. Exactly. No, he's mm. he's he's brilliant. He could not be any more accommodating as mm. well. When when we're in a, a more social environment, you know, wars dinners and um, when we've travelled away with the team, he's mm. he's very inclusive. Yeah. So yeah, all credit to him. So I presume as all you're a West Ham fan. I'm a Chelmsford City fan. Oh, believe it or not. What? That's that's your number one team. That is the team. I, I believe it or not. I don't want to sound posh, but I went to school on Saturdays. When I was a kid. Um, I was actually in Frank Lampard's uh, right. class at school. At Brentwood. <laughs> yeah, at Brentwood. So, um, you know, he obviously is quite envious of how things have turned out. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so I didn't get the chance to go to um, professional football, I suppose. Yeah. So I had time to go and watch Chelmsford and I could yeah. afford it. And yeah. that was my team. So, yeah, I used to travel to Hales Owen and Dorchester and places like that when I, when I could. Yeah. So that was that, yeah. Um, and they've got Barnet in the FA Cup first, well, fourth qualifying round next Saturday, this Saturday. <laughs> so um, I should be looking out for their result after the game's finished. After City. Yeah. Wow, so what if West Ham played Chelsea? See the superstars of Chelsea. <laughs> City. City superstars, indeed, yeah. Um, if Chelmsford played West Ham, yeah. well, I think there'd only be one winner, so I don't have to worry about that. But, Chelmsford. Um, yeah. No, their, their fortunes have waned a little bit, I'm yeah. afraid, yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, but no, that's who I used to go and watch when I was uh, when I was a little one. So yeah. um, my dad doesn't really like football, so um, yeah, I couldn't really uh, couldn't really get all the way from Essex up to to London to watch games. And I don't think I went to a Premier League game until I was about 13, 14. Oh, yeah. yeah. Wow. Mm. Um, so I mean, what's it like being? Are you like part of the squad essentially? Like, do you travel up on the bus? And we we under under previous managers. Yeah. You know, I think I've worked under f- or under four or with mm. four. Um, no, I wouldn't say we're part. We're part of the the club. Yeah. But we have to return. You have to it's return a, a professional distance. Yeah. You know. Um, I don't think. You, you know. You're not there to be. Obviously, it's great in any workplace. You have people yeah. that you, you consider friends. You've got other people you consider people you get on with, and obviously some of the players in, in football it's so transient. You know, you've got mm. so many players that I'd, I've always meant to write a list with of all the players that have been there in my six, just coming up six years, mm. and, I, you know, I'd say it probably runs over 100 first-team mm. players in that, in that space of time. But um, the ones who've been there longer, you know, you develop a much mm. closer and, you know, a deeper relationship as you would with anybody. So people like Nobes and, mm. and James Tompkins, who, who I've known, I, you know, Jack Collison, uh, I spoke to last week. Mm. Um, you know, there's some that you do obviously develop a, a sort of inverted commas friendship with, I suppose, yeah. but it's a bit like any workplace, you know. Yeah. Um, but no, they're, they're a good bunch, and yeah, we do travel back after games, away games. We travel back with the team, which is something that's come in in the last couple of, couple of seasons. Sam's mm-hmm. allowed us to travel back uh, since we got promoted. Oh um, uh, right, yeah. Um, so what the team will go on the team will go without you, and then you travel back. No, no. I, well, normally they travel up to an away game the day oh, before. The night before, of course. Yeah. Whereas we travel up normally on the train yeah. on the morning of the game. Um, and then after the game, if there's room, we'll get on the bus and meet them at the airport. Or if there isn't room on the bus, 
um, we'll get a cab and, and sort of follow them to the airport and then mm. and jump on the plane. The, the plane's bigger since we got promoted. So that, is, is there like a specific plane or is it like chartered? It's a chartered right. um, plane. Yeah, it's not a, it's not it's not what you'd see Richard Branson flying <laughs> right. around in. I mean, it's it's a jet, but it's yeah. uh, it's one that's used for, I presume, people like football teams. I suppose. Yeah. Um, now, quite often we'll, we'll get to the airport if we're in someone like Manchester, and and there'll be two or three teams in the same. Really? Sort of, uh, I it's like Anchorman. The, well, I remember the night. <laughs> yeah, indeed. I, think, I can't think I who played last Stoke year. City. <laughs> well, we saw Norwich at, at the airport once. Norwich. It was last year. Yeah. Norwich had been. I think they lost at Man U that night, and we'd won. And it was, you know, you kind of didn't want to make gestures at them because they <laughs> they obviously got relegated last year as well. Yeah. Didn't they? Poor, poor yeah. Norwich. But um, no more airports for them. Just train stations. Well, did, I suppose that is, the case, you know, that is the case. You know, the Premier League is. Yeah. Is obviously the the one with the money, and it's worth a hell of a lot more to be there. Yeah. And I suppose you can incentives. Mm. I, I do think the team. I don't think it's um, it's not a sort of flying back is not something to rub people's noses. Mm. It's not. It's not showing off. Yeah. You know, I think it's just practicalities. I think mm. if we were near a, a railway station that allowed us to get to the north of England more conveniently, yeah. Like like Man U travel down south, they'll park at Stockport and then get the train. Yeah. Mm. Whereas for us, by the time we've got to Kings Cross or Euston. There's no better park. Yeah. You know, you might as well go to Stansted and, and yeah, fly. Yeah. Um, the big question, who sits on the back of the bus? Kev, who, who the Kevin guys? Nolan. Really? Kevin Nolan, yeah. Um, Andy, Nobes, James Tompkins. Uh, <laughs> Joe Cole was a back was a backseat man really? last season, yeah. He, you know, it's, you know, it's, really. as you'd expect, you know, mm. like the All Blacks or like yeah. any team, the, the seniors... <laughs> Take the back. I like that. Yeah. It never changes from school, does it? <laughs> no, no. The cool kids sit at the back. <laughs> Carlton, Carlton, Cole, Carlton Cole's normally somewhere near the back. Really? Yeah, I mean, you can hear him. You could probably sit on the roof of the bus and you better hear his laugh. He's <laughs> the life and soul of the party, yeah. Well, um, I remember Cardiff away last year when we won 2 and I think it was Andy Carroll Instagrammed a picture of them all on the train, on the tube. Well, I took that picture. Yeah. Really? Well, I, I took mean, that what picture. Was the story that was Adrian's that? phone. <laughs> and we were on the, we were on the bus... At the airport, you yeah, know, they have those buses oh, yeah, that take you from the terminal yeah. to the plane, oh. um, and yeah, it was funny because we we I, I think you know Adrian said, take, "Can you take a picture for Twitter?" Yeah, and he tweeted it, and there was this mass confusion over how we got on a tube. Yeah, within an hour of the game <laughs> finishing in Cardiff, it's conspiracy. Yeah, but no, it was on a it was on a bus. How at funny, Cardiff. I presume it must have been Cardiff Airport. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's a great who would you that? say are the really good kind of social media players that are at West Ham? Well, I think Adrian on Instagram is really... Well, Adrian's on, Twitter, Adrian's on yeah. Twitter. I mean, I think... Kudos to Adrian, because yeah. obviously he, he does it in two languages as well. Which yeah. is, like so Fabregas does, doesn't yeah. it? Um, Adrian's brilliant. Um, I don't know if anyone follows Alex Song on Instagram. <laughs> so yes, I've seen some of his outfits. Alex, I mean, obviously I, I was aware of what a fantastic player he was before mm. he signed for us, but I, I would also say he's a, a lovely guy as well. You know, he's, he's obviously been quite a put upon in his career in that he's cap- was captain of his country or he's captain of his country he played for Arsenal Barcelona mm. so clearly he's done a, a huge number of interviews but he's very patient he's very uh, polite and you know gives you good insightful answers which mm. is, is all we can ask for but I'm intrigued by who takes that picture every morning the, side, <laughs> the front yeah. view side view that he puts on Instagram every day <laughs> yeah that's a question that is needs it the milkman or yeah. it... <laughs> that's a good point I haven't yeah. thought about that yeah, so I mean, what's his outfits like around the training ground? Are they equally as, as mad? Oh, well, I mean, that, he, wears, he, he wears that out. He wears that 
wow. to, to, to training, yeah. I, th I think the fascination's worn off already. Really? It's just normal, don't even just, it's it's bat an eyelid anymore. No, no. I mean, not at all. He, he comes in, I think it's just accepted that he's going to be wearing something eye-catchy. Yeah. yeah. Do you know how much of that do you think? I always think, like, if, if you, like he's obviously an amazing footballer, international-class mm. footballer. Do you think like, the lads let him off? Dressing like a maniac because they're like well, it's Alex Song. He can he can do what he wants. I mean, I wouldn't want to second guess what the lads yeah, think, yeah. but I'd, you know, I think as in in any dressing room in any sport, yeah. that there's probably a, a respect. Yeah, you know, if a player like Alex Song yeah. arrives at your club, he's clearly people aren't going to start taking the mick out of him. Yeah, you yeah. know, he he's he's been well done. It. He's yeah. big. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well. Yeah, what did he do in the World Cup? I, yeah. I don't know if anyone there's mentioned anything about his setup, but he, um, but you know, clearly, I think there, there is a huge amount of respect for yeah. Alex in the squad. Yeah. I think when, whenever we, you could tell by the press when he when he signed for us, there was a, you know, some raised eyebrows. Yeah, and you know, the players that we spoke to about it, the first thing Sam, the players all mm. said, you know, to get Alex is a real coup. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. I think play. his performances since he joined have, have, have shown why everyone was so uh, impressed that we managed to get yeah. him in. We were saying it's like when you play amateur football and you've got a, a you know a good player's playing for you that week, it gives you so such much more boost. confidence yeah. and such a boost. And you yeah. just think, with the new players we've brought in, especially Alex Song, I mean, yeah. amazing. Yeah. And suddenly it must be for other players around him, it takes some of the pressure off. Yeah. It just allows you to almost play better because you know you've got an excellent powerhouse there yeah. with you it's amazing yeah. he's, a, he's um he's a real rolls royce isn't he yeah you know you watch him play and he, yeah. i think sam said when we signed him he said what i like about him is that he, he makes it look like he's doing everything at his own pace i suppose that's yeah that's yeah. what a great player does it, you know they they can make the game be played the way they want to play it rather than be dictated to by the other team and we're doing that i think as a team now you know we're dictating games when we're mm. playing them. We're we're deciding, I think, especially in the in the second half at Burnley, mm. you know, it looked like we were going to score every time we attacked, mm. and and that's been the case in two or three games this season where we've we've looked pretty devastating. It's good, yeah. isn't it? Absolutely, yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, I think a lot of that to do with the new signings. Mm. Remember when we had Greg on, Greg Dimitri, who we mentioned earlier. He said one of his favourite things about the job was when a new signing comes in because often. As a media person, you're the first. Yeah. You're there when that player comes in, and I mean, what are your experiences like? With some of the, these new breed over this summer. Well, I remember when I mean, I remember when we signed Andy. Yeah. Carroll, the first when we got him on loan. Yeah. Obviously, at the time, that was a huge story. Massive. Yeah. You know, we got the most expensive English footballer that ever set foot on this planet. <laughs> you know, to yeah. sign for West Ham, and I remember being in the office, and Sam was in there waiting for the deal to be done, and you could just see the excitement in his face. Yeah. Um, but getting back to this summer, I remember. Um, obviously, we do get tipped off yeah. to prepare something for the website and you know get ready to to interview them or what have you. And and when when we found out about Sacco, obviously you know I, I like to think I know a little bit yeah. about football, but I'd never heard of him. Yeah, no, never heard of him. So went on YouTube and watched his video, and and there was a. I'm not going to say oh well, I expected him to score six goals in six games and be yeah. the new you know the new Pele, but you could see that he had a bit. Yeah, you know, he was. There was a few clips of him, you know, streaking away from defenders. One where he shoulder barged a centre half, and he went flying, and then mm. he put the ball in it. So to sign him was, you know, with there was a slight sense of excitement that yeah. we had this this uh, unknown quantity, and he's come in and um, and really hit the ground running. I suppose Enner as well with him playing the World Cup, but I think, yeah, in general terms, it's always exciting. You know, we're, I know supporters are always excited by. Names being banded around. I mean, I must admit, I'm not 
really one for speculation because obviously mm. I know Moose and Moose links us to every player <laughs> on, on earth. Yeah, but um, he about links us every player about eight days afterwards. Yeah, eight yeah, days yeah. afterwards. <laughs> yeah. He's just reporting that we've bought song. <laughs> <laughs> Poor old Moose. Um, <laughs> I love when he updates on the results that you've, everyone know. knows about about know, two hours know. before. And he puts like half-time results up with the, the second half 20 minutes in. <laughs> I shouldn't have brought Moose into no, myself. Sorry, friend of the show, friend of the show. He's a lovely man. Um, no, but I, you know there is an excitement in the office, and then yeah. you know the the mar- we sit next to the marketing department, and you know clearly there's excitement there. In mm. that you know whenever we sign a new player, it's it's gonna you know spark some interest in in shirt sales and what have you. Which you know without being cynical, you know the, it's it's mm. a it's a vicious circle in reverse. It's if you if you buy better players. You win more games, you make more money. You buy better players, you yeah. win more games, you make more money. And you know, the cynic, you know, obviously footballs. I'm a football fan. I got into doing this because I absolutely love football. But when you work on the inside of it, you, you realise that you know money does make the world go round in every mm. business. And yeah. and this year, I think you know we're reaping the rewards of the chairman really digging deep in the summer. Mm. You know, we spent a lot of money. Um, you know, when we signed. Valencia for 9.5 million or, or whatever the report I don't know if that's I should, probably shouldn't say I don't know exactly <laughs> yeah. how much he cost yeah. um, but you know there was there was fans you know sort of raised eyebrows oh we're spending this amount of money on on Enna we've spent this amount of money on Matt Jarvis mm. we spent that amount of money on Andy but really now 12-15 million pounds isn't a lot of money no. for mm. a team that wants to finish in the top half of the Premier League yeah. um, and that's what we want to do mm. so um, you know I think we only sold one player for a fee in the summer, yeah. and that was Modi Army, yeah. and you know I think the net spend was, you know, thirty thirty million pounds or something like that. So, you know, it's it's, it's exciting times. Yeah, you must know about quite a few near misses, players wise. There's it, there's a few stories that I've written of players wow. that we've you know West Ham United are delighted to announce the signing of, <laughs> and it doesn't Lionel happen. Yeah. Yeah. I know you can't mention any names, but Do you know my mind's gone blank. <laughs> any, it has. Oh, really? gone blank. Yeah, that's, just, um, that's convenient. There must be one. There must be. This is a real coup for West Ham. Um, God's honest truth, my mind's gone blank. <laughs> <laughs> there's there's a few that have signed for other Premier League clubs, mm. but no one. I don't think there's any that I've written. And then I thought, were you there for the yeah. Ida Good Johnson? Wasn't it? Because the rumor was he was there, he did his medical, and the, that was the deal was just about to be announced when suddenly. I think he was I was inspired. working at the club then. When was that? That was under Gianfranco Zola, wasn't yeah, it? So think, yeah, yeah, I would have been at the club then. Um, he still gets linked with us. About <laughs> sixty-seven. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's, I mean, there's been uh, probably half a dozen times where I've, yeah. where I've had a story written and then it's just not happened. Wow. Um, how does it? I always wondered, like, how does it work? So you write the story. Who tells you? Okay, it's done. Is who it, tells us it's yeah, done? The who, club, the club secretary is really the one that say, does okay. the paperwork. But right. then we won't make anything public until the board have given said, us a go. Right, do it. It's yeah. not as it's. It's not everyone sitting around a fax machine, is it? <laughs> they always say they're waiting for. Well, Greg said it. I think it used to be. I think, says, I think uh, faxes are still involved. Yeah, he said that years ago. It's astounding. Right. I know. Um, but I, I get the feeling most of it's done obviously digits. Yeah, yeah. Uh, by email now. Because yeah. yeah. we used to at MC, when I worked at MTV with uh, Donna Mare and Richard Blackwood on a show called All the Big Names on a show yeah. called Selects. You could call in and ask your favourite song to be played. Uh, and it wasn't just call you call in. This was before email as well. You could call in, or you could um, fax us. <laughs> and on fax machines, you don't every pretty much every fax would be like an advert 
trying to sell something, and then occasionally you'd get a fax with a request, song request scribbled on. I thought, who owns a fax <laughs> machine to, to fax in Those their days before you know PPI calls, but yeah. <laughs> faxes offering to clean so, the windows. Or I just imagine Allardyce and a team sat around yeah. this fax machine and yeah. something coming. Going going to have a request for MTV <laughs> Select. We've got the wrong number. Richard Blackwood doesn't even work here. I'm not 100 percent sure. I, d- I think. <laughs> Because they like to have original documents, I'm not. Yeah. I'm not 100 sure. But I, yeah. I mean, it, it, at the the deadline in the summer, we got. I think we got quite close with um, with. Uh... Uh, do you, oh, sorry, sorry. Oh, do you want a break? <laughs> do you want a break? No, no. I was just saying I just need to save it in a minute. Alright, so do you want finish your point? Finish your point. Over. You sure? Yeah. But talking, I mean, talking about transfers going mm. to the wire. We had, you know, we signed Morgan Macfitano. I think. There was only 10 or 15 minutes to go until the deadline, mm. uh, which meant we had to go to Domino's for some pizza, <laughs> which Sam came in and helped us develop. <laughs> um, but no, it, it, is, it is exciting. Were you at the ground or is that Chad Heath? No, I was at the ground. We were sat at Upton Where's Park. Domino's? There's a Domino's <laughs> just down the Barking Road. Oh yeah. <laughs> There's so many interesting things you can be asking and you're like... Where's the Domino's? I think it's in? just over the road from the, <laughs> think, the yeah. central pub, I think. Where's that right? horrible yeah. chicken you got yeah. around the corner yeah. before we did the end of season awards? Yeah. Some great fast they, they delivered. They delivered. <laughs> so that was perfect. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Domino's. Other pizza varieties are available. Near West Ham. <laughs> okay, last question. I mean, this is like such a, a great, exciting time to be uh, like involved with West Ham, mm. especially uh, on the inside as you are, because mm. we're about to go into this. Um, Olympic Stadium. I mean, in terms of media, this that presents some challenges in itself, right? We actually had a meeting this morning yeah. about how how it's going to work communications-wise over the next uh, eighteen months, two years, yeah. and uh, yeah, there's so many landmarks and exciting announcements that the club is obviously going to make. Yeah. We've got first off, of course, we've got the final season at Upton Park or yeah. the bowling ground, as as I religiously type it. <laughs> but, um, you know, we're going to have a huge amount of of engagement with the supporters. They're going to they're going to play. Uh, a huge role in in saying goodbye to the ground. You know, I think obviously it's a huge opportunity that, that the club couldn't afford to miss going to the Olympic Stadium. We're all mm. hugely excited about, you know, where we can go. We've we've already shown what we can do at this at this stadium mm. in the last few weeks, and and when going there with fifty four thousand fans, you know, I think, you know, uh, we're going to attract supporters from far and wide. It's going to be a heck of a lot easier to get there. Mm. You know, you can. It's going to be um, as much as some. Dyed and the Wall supporters might not want to hear it, but it's going to be a destination, isn't it? It's going to be mm. somewhere where you can go for a day out. You know, you can bring the family, go for uh, have a nice meal. Yeah, Dominoes. Dominoes. <laughs> not sure if there's a Dominoes at Westfield. But what? I'll, I'll be making <laughs> sure. Oh, it moves off. It moves off. But it, no, it, it is. You know, it's an exciting time. Um, you know, in terms of the development of the new stadium. I mean, I think every football fan that they love mm. that first arrival at a new ground when you walk up the steps and. Mm. And there's the, the pitch in front of you, and the floodlights are on, and what have you. And seeing the Olympic, I've been inside the Olympic Stadium two or three times, you know, during the Olympics. I yeah. think went, and then since then, when it was, we went there for a barbecue, um, which was interesting. You know, <laughs> sitting there writing a story, eating a hot dog on the middle of the, you know, the pitch was yeah. fantastic. And and we went there recently with with a few of the players. When it's now, ostensibly a bit a sort of construction site. Mm. Um, but no, it's exciting. You know, it's huge for a start. Mm. Um, you know, it's going to be amazing to to see it in all its glory when it's finished. Mm. Um, obviously, you know, I'm going to miss Upton Park. I am. You know, I'm, I'm going to miss my seat that I've sat in for the last six seasons, a bit like a season ticket holder mm. would. You know, with my desk that doesn't, you know, sit up properly and falls apart, <laughs> and coffee spills all over Ken Dyer's shoes. 
um, you know, I'm going to miss. I'm going to miss yeah. that because the sound inside the stadium is fantastic, isn't mm. it? When you know the Liverpool game, it was when Amalfitano scored that goal at the end. It was yeah. like, the roof went off. Yeah. Um, to think that we're now going to have. 50% more fans inside the stadium. Imagine it, yeah. And and the, the way the roof's being designed is to keep the noise in. Um, it's going to be something special, isn't it? Mm. You know, a big night at the Olympic Stadium, or what it, what it's going to be called, I presume it's mm. going to have a different name. Um, you know, something we can all relish. You know? Yeah. Um, the Domino's, we could call it. <laughs> in America, you can get Domino's delivered to your seat in sports stadiums. Can you really? Yeah. Let's hope that never happens here. <laughs> I well, think that there is there is uh, what they call I think they call it dynamic catering or something. Yeah. They do do that in American stadiums things, where you can use your mobile to order things delivered to hot dog and chips to your seats. Nando's. <laughs> but obviously at the moment, as yeah. everyone knows, getting a mobile signal inside Upton Park yeah. is, is Impossible. difficult. It's yeah. a challenge. But obviously, the new stadium, hopefully with technology having moved on, yeah, uh, you know things will be different. As I mean, there's been a kind of drip recently of new images of the stadium mm. and what that's going to look like. I imagine you've been privy to like much more, you know, I don't know, graphic imagery of, of the stadium. I mean, how excited are you about what you've seen? And do you think supporters are going to? In, in all honesty, the, the new imagery is is about as much as I have seen. Oh, okay. Um, and the stuff uh, you obviously would have seen recently, the launch of the corporate club mm. London areas, uh, and there's a few more CGIs of of seeing the, the whole site and how it's mm. going to look inside the Olympic Park. And now I haven't seen anything more than that, I'm afraid. Mm. Um, but no, it is, it is exciting to see the way it's going to look West Hamified, I think is yeah. the phrase that we use. <laughs> yeah. um, you know, obviously it is going to be a multi-use stadium, um, but it is, you know, the, the, the vice chairman, the chairman have made it very clear that, uh, you know, it's going to look and feel like our home. And I think... Mm. You know, from the staff's point of view as well, you, you want to feel like you're going to work, like we do now, going to work at the bowling ground. You mm. go, to, you feel like you know the walls are, are painted claret and blue, and mm. you know I walk past Bobby Moore's bust every morning when yeah. I'm walking up the stairs. And you know, I think there's some, there are some really exciting plans afoot for, you know, things that are going to be maybe exhibited at the new stadium. Mm. Uh, you know, talk of you know museum style. Uh, bits and bobs so that the fans will be able mm. to see the history of the club when they're there that mm. perhaps they, at the moment you know there isn't there isn't that capability yeah. so um, we can have a lot more space to play with and uh, yeah sounds good mm. well just quick last question the one that everyone wants to know remember mm. the old West Ham Museum with Rode. robot Glenn Roder <laughs> is that still in the basement I, I haven't seen it there's a couple, <laughs> a couple of guys I don't know if you know Steve Marsh and Stuart Allen there was a couple mm. of super supporters who, yeah. uh, who um, you know I I have a lot to in terms of supplying of, of images and, yeah. and other archive stuff. And I know they've been and archived everything that's in storage. So that's a question for them. Uh, <laughs> I think they've seen things that nobody's ever seen. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Mm. Yeah. How excited would that be? I know. To go in there. I like to think that the Glen Roder robot will welcome people to the new stadium. <laughs> we can only hope. Hello and welcome. <laughs> you to ordered Ham's two large margarita pizzas. <laughs> Found a job for him. It's the future. Um, it's like a Doctor Who villain. <laughs> Davros. Let's close with some other West Ham news. So Madiba Maiga on loan to Mets. Um, he's been having a bit of a toy time. He's been booed recently, James. Um, I mean, what's happened to him? Well, look, some people take joy in this. I don't. I yeah. think he's unfortunately a wrong player at the wrong time for us. I yeah. think if we were pl in this team, he would have more opportunity and he'd be better. When, you know, the few times he played well was when we were knocking around on the floor. Yeah, yeah. He wasn't a guy that was going to get the long ball up to him. Yeah. And he wasn't a replacement for Andy Carroll. Yeah. 
So I feel a bit sorry for him. Personally, yeah. I don't take any joy in that. Uh, as a put it out there. As a bloke, Rob, was he a nice... Was he Medibo? Nice? Yeah. yeah, I mean, again, he's, his English was, was fairly minimal yeah. when he first arrived from Sosho. Um, but who can forget that night that he scored at, at White Hart Lane? I mean, it was... Oh. I, I think we've got a, a chap works with us, Michael, he's a, an intuit, but he's, yeah. he's joined us full-time now, but he speaks French, French graduate, and uh, I remember his interview with Medibo after the game. It was like, the, you know, it was like everything had been lifted off his shoulders. Really? It was completely... The smile on his face that perhaps hadn't been there yeah. when he was struggling a little bit earlier last season. You know, you, as you say, you want the best for for every player. You know, not, you, Mets are sixth in the French league. Those fans, you yes. know, they sh- maybe they should be more grateful. Yeah, exactly. You know? Yeah, yeah. Imagine that. Imagine a club with demanding fans. Last, there's some big Sam quotes. Um, he's this is some big Sam quotes that I thought quite interesting. Uh, they were on KUMB.com. Uh, he says the owners have chosen to wait and see how we go. He said, of speaking after the three-one whenever Burnley, um, we chose to wait last time. We had no problems then, and if we carry on the way we are, oh, he's talking about his contract. Sorry, we ca- we had no problems then. If we carry on like we are, we'll have no problems sorting this one out. If there is a turn in fortunes, then I know I've still done a fantastic job for West Ham in my time here. At the moment, the contract is the last thing on my mind. So you know, this contract discussion is already kind of turning up, James. Where do you? sit on the Big Sam debate well it's quite right it's, it has turned up last when we were going to when everyone was calling for yeah. last season they were talking about that this was I've always stuck to this point this season with a bit of money yeah uh, he had to prove to us that we could play better football and get results and he's done that and if yeah. he's done that I've always said he should have his contract extended like anyone doing a good job should <laughs> yeah I don't see any reason yeah. even for us to keep discussing it and it, for, yeah. it to be in the papers because I think if you do a good job you keep your job yeah that's kind of how it works and he's currently doing a good job I mean <coughs> the owners always say they assess it at the end of a season and yeah. if that's what they do then that's what they do why well, keep talking about it yeah including you including you talking about no, it no but what's well, interesting it. is people like people were picking up the, the fact that he said I know I've done a fantastic job in, for West Ham in my time here and you forget that he has because uh, the atmosphere around the club after Avram went there I, I mean you were there it must have been a difficult difficult time and the, the turn in fortune since he's been there it, it, been was, hor- it was horrible noticeable. to be honest I, I remember we were at Wigan and you were probably at Wigan too. Yeah. And at half time, I think we were safe, or we, or it was going, we into, it was going into the final and, yeah. game if we if we'd won at Wigan because yeah. Birmingham were losing. We were two up, yeah. weren't we? Against we were Wigan. two nil up. Yeah. And we were sat in the back row of the press box, and the board was sat in the row behind us, and it was oh, what's the score there? What's the score there? And by the end of the game, obviously we'd lost, we'd been relegated, and I wrote, I had to write the story. <laughs> God, that, you know, it's like writing your own obituary. Well, it's it? yeah, it's horrible. It's a horrible thing to do. It's one of not a pleasure in the job. You yeah. know? Um, I think it's the only time I've had to do it. Um, but yeah, since Sam came in, as I've said, it's. I think, you know, I don't want to preach, but I think if you look at the bottom of the championship now and look at the clubs yes. in the bottom half of the championship, uh, yeah, this is exactly all of them are clubs that have gone down, and they haven't bounced straight back. Mm. All right, we, we <coughs> came up in the playoffs, and you know. Obviously, it was you know in the playoff final. Maybe we did ride our mm. luck a bit. I don't think even Sam would deny that we mm. you know we rode our luck in the playoff. But we we came up. We stayed up. Last year again was a bit of a roller coaster because yeah. there were so many injuries. Yeah. Um, but I remember you know I remember being in the pub last Christmas and people saying oh you know they know a few people in my village, yeah. Chris and Daly's village. No, it's a represent. You know, know that I work for for the club and yeah. fans will sort of say oh Sam's this, Sam's that. Yeah. And I, I, you know, I think anyone who followed me on Twitter, there's a few sad souls that do. Um, you know, I say keep the faith, keep the yeah. faith. Um, but he's brilliant. He he doesn't yeah. allow it to fester. You know, yeah. he's 
yeah, football managers, they've got to be a leader. And Sam's a leader, you know, whether whether or not you you like some of the sound bites that, you know, you just mentioned there, mm. you know, you can't, you can't knock the guy's, you know, commitment and mm. faith in his ability. And, and as you say, you know, he's, he's been tasked with playing better football. And, and I think the fans of most fans, it seems reading your, your site and yeah. a few of the other forums, um, you know, it seems to be that there's a bit more credit in the bank now, which is which is good. It's a good mm. position to be in. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's terrifying looking at bottom of a championship. Yeah. I think it's like Fulham, Blackpool, yeah. Bolton are down yeah. there, Birmingham are down there. All these teams, you know, all these managers as well that we've been linked with, mm. Wigan, I think, are down there. Mm. I mean, when they they came to us, everyone would say, oh, Ross is the type of manager we should have. Now he's struggling down the bottom. Mm. You know, we stuck, or the chairman stuck, and... However much they wavered and whatever went on behind the scenes, I guess one day we mm. might know. Yeah, they stuck with him, and it's proven so far to be the right decision. I, d- I think. I think when a when a manager leaves, I mean, I think a lot of football, being a media officer, is, you're quite often dealing with really simple things that you're asked about. Mm. You know, a bit like the Raheem Sterling was tired story yeah. that that got days and days of content. You know, there's a lot more to it than just a manager's good or bad. Yeah. You know, they they the amount of detail that that goes into putting that team out on a Saturday afternoon yeah. or or assembling a squad you know there's a huge amount more to it than just sort of turning f- the PlayStation on and yeah. and making a player do a double yeah. drag back Swap. or something yeah. you know and stability you know West Ham we did go through you know after uh, I think after Alan Pardew left you know there was obviously Alan Kerbishy came in then uh, uh, Zola came in and then Avram Grant came in and you know, it, there was a it was a bit of an uncertain time. You know, mm. you build a squad. Obviously, Gianfranco brought in. There was a few different model with uh, the sporting director, and we had a lot of foreign players. Then, obviously, Avram came in, and we had a, a whole raft of sort of experienced Premier League players. People like Robbie Keane and mm. Wayne Bridge came in, didn't they? Yeah. Um, Jesus. But now, <laughs> <Dark time>. those <laughs> two names. <laughs> a silent, a tear just went down. <laughs> you know, but now it's it's you know even though we're bringing new players in, you get the feeling the squad's not changing; it's evolving. Yeah, yeah, you know, it's improving. Um, you know, I, I think I said to to a few fans recently, you know, before West Ham signed, when West Ham signed a new player, it was almost you knew they were going to go into the team. Mm. You know, it was almost like yeah, you know, we've got eleven or or fourteen. And if you sign a new player, they're, they're going to be an automatic starter. But now, yeah. you know, we've got such a big squad, strong squad, mm. you know, some really good players that aren't even going to get on the bench. If everybody mm. is fit, you know, we've got sort of 23, yeah. 24 good yeah. senior pros. It's great. Yeah. It's lovely to have depth. And also with injuries on Sassay, with Tompkins out and Zarate was mm. injured, wasn't it? suddenly... Got options. You're not so worried. Yeah, I remember that game against QPR. We had a load of players. We had Nolan out, Nolan Noble out, or you know coming back. And it was like you, you don't notice any gap at golf in quality because you've still got all these great players. Well, look at our midfield yeah, now. We put, you know, we're playing this, yeah. this diamond that, that we played in the first half. Assassin, we played to good effect in the previous games, and and as you say, we, we beat QPR without Coyote, Noble, mm. and Nolan. Mm. You know, and, and last year if we'd had, if we'd been yeah. without three or four midfielders, as we saw. You know, we perhaps didn't have the depth that we've, that we've got now. Happy days. Evolved. Yeah. Word. Well. We have. Let's hope we continue. So. Um, let's move on and talk about this weekend. Saturday lunchtime, 12.45, the bowling ground, City at home. Um, early Rob, do- Domino's 10. Domino's. Get your Domino's, domino's early. Domino's, early. No, Domino's, an early start. 
<laughs> no dominoes. No, it'll be an early train. Early train to work Saturday. Uh, you excited about this game, Rob? I am. I am. I mean, we've got some nice stuff in the program. Mm. Um, we've spoken to Trevor Sinclair. Oh, tricky so, Trev. The tricky Trev. Who's now assistant manager to Darren Peacock? We, we yeah, we had him on. We had him on the and that was the start of a series of media appearances for Trevor Sinclair. Mm. I'd heard of him from years. He comes on here next week. He's on Match of the Day two. Now he's in the program. I think he's been living in in Dubai. Yeah, right. Yeah, he's just back. Come back. Yeah, yeah. So, um, Funny yeah, um, he was lovely. Yeah, I, yeah, it's exciting, isn't it? I mean, it's like it's like. We're going into every game now, expecting. It's, it's it's strange, isn't it? You, when you're at the bottom of the league, every game looks like a potential defeat. Yeah. When you are where we are now, on the rise, every game looks yeah. like at least a potential draw. Yeah. I mean, Man City were pretty good Saturday. Yeah. Against Spurs. Yeah. Um, and Aguero's looking pretty poor. So. Um, <laughs> yeah. But why not? Yeah. Why not? I mean, they they can see they've conceded a few goals this season, and they're going to I think they're going to Moscow this week in the Champions League. Yeah. Which is quite a yeah. long trip. Yeah, lovely. So. You know, it's a nice, nice early start. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah that's stitched him up a little bit, hasn't it? Yeah, that's good. It. Yeah. Good. Yeah, happy. <laughs> but why not? Why yeah. not? I mean, you know, Sacco, seven on the trot would be lovely, yeah. wouldn't it? Imagine it. Uh, it would be fantastic, wouldn't Give it? Give him a stuffed crust if that one comes in. Yeah. Uh, so talking about predictions, James, what are you thinking is going to happen? Well, as Iron's view says, I said it's good to see fellow title contenders at Upton Park. <laughs> they're, bowling. Uh, they're not going to take off like I've put, um, I put m- money on today on a score draw. Wow. Do you know, I think this will be the first game in years if we win. And that's, I think if Man U win tonight, they go above us, so we could potentially go mm. back above them. But I think even if Man U don't win tonight, we can win and not go up a place. Now, when was the last time that happened with Man U? <laughs> yeah, uh, with yeah. West Ham, sorry. Yeah. That we could win a game and it wouldn't take us up a place in the table. I mean, I we're, we're in high, high high echelons at the moment, aren't I we? Know. You know? Champions League and having a laugh. I'm going to go for optimistic 2-2. 2-2. What do you mean, Rob? What do I think? I, I always say that I never predict scores because it can only leave you with egg on your face. Yes. As I always tell Moose. <laughs> but the egg's already in his mouth. In his mouth. <laughs> <laughs> Scrambled. I think, you know, 2-2 two, would be good, wouldn't it? Yeah. 2-2 two, would be good. It'd be a, great, a draw would be a great result. Think, do you know what? It's so good to be in, like, good, like winning games, like back-to-back. Like, it's such a different atmosphere. Let's it's come from behind. Let's be 2-0 down. Yeah. You know, let's, let's, let's come back and get two in the yeah. last five and... Yeah, you know, yeah let's go two nil down. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> well, if we're going to draw two, yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. Rather, rather be behind than ahead. Yeah. Well, I, I fancy, I fancy, uh, I fancy a nil nil. <laughs> Just to be slightly different, we've, I don't want to say. Two, I think we score in two. We score goals now. We yeah, scored yeah. in every game bar yeah. one this season, and yeah. they seem yeah. to score some too. Yeah, so something's something's got to change. <laughs> Um, excellent Rob thank you very much for joining us it's been a pleasure to have you here sure, and, uh, to get your insight um, you're on Twitter aren't you Rob I am I how am. can people follow you uh, at Rob Pritchard 78 which gives away my age oh, same, age, same age as Frank Lampard <laughs> yes you know. yeah, he's older than me in fact <laughs> so I'm still harbouring hopes it's a shame actually he's injured because obviously I'm, you know, I know he'd be desperate to catch up yeah, have you bumped into him just in no I mean I'd once, I think once at Chelsea a few years ago yeah. but you know obviously not being on the TV every other Night of the week, like yeah. he is, he probably didn't <laughs> he doesn't know who the hell I am. Of course, just he doesn't. Jealousy, just jealousy. Oh, yeah. same, same thing with Paul Denan. <laughs> <laughs> That's the third third name drop in this episode with Richard Blackwood. Donnerair, Paul Donnerair, all the big ones. Uh, thank you very much, James. Pleasure. You can follow James on Long as One yeah, on Twitter. Gives away my age. <laughs> <laughs> That's a one AD. <laughs> uh, 
You can follow, follow myself, Chris, on Twitter, and that's CJ Skull, Skull with a C. UNT. Not C U N T, as uh, James mentioned last week. <laughs> you can get in touch with the show by emailing podcast at kmb.com, especially if you've seen Christian Daly in or around Ingotstone or at any other kind of fair. Any kinds of Dickensian fair. Dickensian fair. Uh, and you can also go on the KMB forum and the KMB Facebook group. Gentlemen, thank you very much for your contribution. Pleasure. We'll see you next week. Come on, your irons. Come on, your irons.